This is Roland Pops of Uncanny Creatives Podcast. Today we're talking with Fobbs, the chairman, about his comic book, Becky, and his upcoming Indiegogo for the same book. Uh, we'll be starting shortly. Please stand by. Hello. Hey there. Hey there. How are you? Let me see if I can. Oh, how are you? On. All right. How are you? All right. How are you today? Doing well, thank you. It's about Good. 80 degrees here in Florida today. Ooh, it's a little bit cooler here in Houston, but it's been about the same. You know, it's been a like kind of a warm winter for us. We've had like 80s and things like that. What part of Florida are you in? I am in southwest Florida, just south of Tampa. About, okay. you know, so about an hour and a half south of Tampa, about an hour north of Fort Myers on that side. Okay. Okay. I've got a friend in uh, Tampa. I got to get uh, out there. He, he, he's trying to just invite me out there. He, he said I got a couch to crash on whenever I do. So <laughs> I got to get out there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to so talk about you today. Fob, Fob, that's, where, that's where you go by. Fobs? Yes, sir. So my, my pen name is uh, written by Fobs. So if my kids or something, if I have them one day, they want to pick it up and write something, they can. Oh, okay. Cool. That's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. How long have you been writing comics, drawing comics? When did you get started in comics? Let's start there. Man, I mean, I've been in comics for a while. You know, um, I would spend a lot of summers out in uh, Crockett, Texas, where my grandparents are. They had my dad's old comics. They had just, they were one of those parents that didn't throw a lot of that stuff out. So I was reading like some, he had specifically like, uh, some Spider-Man. He had a lot of Incredible Hulk from kind of like 78 around that time. He had a lot of Archie from that time as well. Wow. Uh, a little bit of Superman. So Avengers, he, he does have some old school Avengers uh, comics also. So I was reading those for a while. You know, I didn't really start thinking about getting into really drawing comics until I first started working in media because um, I've always been a storyteller. I've always liked working, you know, doing those type of things and I was able to secure a job doing sports media around the country. So I worked in Mississippi at an ABC station there. I was in North Carolina at an ABC station there. And the thing about it is, you know, it's really restrictive. It's not, it's, you know, even with it being sports, like I was doing it, it wasn't really meant to be too much of a creative process. So um, I left that contract was over. I left that just kind of wandered a little bit. And then I came up with the idea of Becky because I've, I've always liked horror movies. I've always, wanted to write, you know, something fantasy, sci-fi, horror that involves Black people because, you know, and and this was in the days before Black Panther. So we didn't have a lot of that. You know, this wasn't the explosion that we're seeing now. So that's what got me started. I actually made a little B-movie about it. I just wasn't happy with how it came out. I wanted to still some more creative control. And so that's why I decided to go the comic book route because I can just work with an artist. I can present my story the way that it needs to be, you know. and that's just kind of how it's gone from there. Uh, right. I've, I've, like I said, I've always liked comics, how they jump off the page. It's, it's just as impactful as a novel. It's even yeah. more so because you're actually visualizing and seeing it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So did you go to school for art or did you learn on your own? So for me, I hire out my artists. I'm a comic book writer. I, I write the books and come up with that. I went to Texas A&M. Uh, to learn media um, studies. It was more of just studying how media impacts people and things like that. And that's kind of really what really started me on a crusade, even when I was in school to kind of put out, be aware of what I as a Black creative or a Black person is writing something 
um, puts out because anything we put out has an impact on our people, whether we like that or not. A lot of people like to say I'm not a role model or dismiss that notion, but I'm here to tell you as somebody that studied it, that happens whether you like it or not. So, you know, from a young age, I was always trying to be aware of that. So um, that's kind of where it started was at Texas A&M. Um, it was a mostly white school, but I had one black professor and okay. he and he taught a class about, you know, just uh, in images and, and, and the impact that they have on people. And he, he, he was talking about why don't we see more black people involved in fantasy and sci-fi. You know, he's telling us mostly white class that, you know, this is back in okay. the early 2010s. And so that, that's what really kind of kicked, kicked the juices off for me. And um, everything I've written, everything I've worked on has been with that type of spirit. And it's been based um, kind of just in that type of energy. So your degree is in media, not yes, sir, communication per se? Yes, sir. Communication and media studies. Okay, cool, cool. So how did you come up with Becky, the the, the horror book? It, it was a process, actually. It really started back in, like, 2011. Um, this girl I was dating, um, she was Black. She was in, like, this white sorority, and, you know, they, they would drink and do all this type of stuff, whatever, whatever. And I, I could out-drink a lot of them. I could, like, drink with them. You know, I was young, and she would always say something like, you know, you're, uh, you, you drink like a sorority girl, like, like, you know, like, I'm like, and I would just kind of BS with it. Like, yeah, it's like one of them, like I'm one of them. And then it would just, it just kind of kicked off. Like, what if I, what if I was one of them? Like, I like, like one of them was inside of me, just like I'm changing into them. Like, and, and how would she be impacted by that? You know, I, I would just, you know, just kind of always had that idea. And then years later when I left news and I left that part and wanted to be more creative, that it just came to me that, you know, I feel like now is the time to write that story. That was around the time that uh, Get Out was a thing and Jordan okay, was kind of okay. making it okay, you know. Right. And so, 10 years was, was, well, no, no, that, that wasn't 10 years. This is oh. years later after I had had, that, con oh, had okay. that thought in my head. I'd always just always been thinking that back to when she said that, you know. Uh, okay. Um, and so now, you know, Jordan Peele's, this is the Get Out previews and we're all seeing that. That was around the time I had started actually, <clears throat> actually writing Becky. Oh, and so okay. I just kind of fleshed it out from there. So it became, you know, um, I based it off of one of my favorite stories, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. So, it, right. you know, if you read the story, it's not really Jekyll and Hyde. You know, you're not looking at it from their perspective. You're looking at it from the friend of the friend Watterson, which kind of right. makes it even more scary because here's this guy, you know, even more mysterious because we don't know what's happening over here. This is his friend. So that makes it even more impactful. So I pretty much changed Watterson to the girlfriend, Shay. Becky is Mr. Hyde. The boyfriend is Dr. Jekyll. And so oh, okay. that, and, and in the world and the concept just fleshed out from there. Oh, God. cool, cool. So you had the one issue so far? Yes, sir. So, so we did at my local store here, we did um, a full three mini issues, but there's one story. So when you get um, what we have is the trade. So you'll get the full first complete arc if you will or omnibus right. of becky yeah so that's like uh over 65 pages plus some bonus material from the next story that we're working on also awesome awesome so now how who's who's publishing you just self-published did you get a publisher how does that work i'm, I'm doing it myself you know I'm, i can't sit here and wait it's these these ideas the thing about it is these ideas sit in my head and i i have to get them out somehow they they have to get out into the world. And so I just self-publish. I put them out and um, for public consumption because that's why we do it at the end of the day. You know, we make this stuff for our people. 
so that they can enjoy it so that we can fellowship so as it comes to me i put it out as best i can now you know obviously there's financial limitations to how much content we can put out but okay. um yeah I, I i do that the best i can so i definitely i, I self-publish okay cool cool so what are the plans for this indie? I saw you had an Indiegogo um, start. I don't know when it started, but it's been up there for a little bit. And what, yes, what's sir. the plans to do with that? So our next, that's my next project. It's called Richard Green. So for those people who are back in the day on Kids WB, they had a Jackie Chan Adventures. If people oh, are familiar okay. with that, it's, it's, it's a little on the, uh, along the lines of that. It's like real street level martial arts type stuff. You know, it's a, it's a, a uh, black guy, um, his late twenties or so. Richard Green's his name, obviously. He leaves the force. Uh, he was he's a cop who thought that that was the way to kind of change his community, but he leaves and decides to say, "Hey, you know, I am a master black belt. Let me see how I can use this to impact my community." And what happens is, you know, he's diving deep into this world of corruption with a mayor who's paying off this corrupt rapper who's got this woman that's seducing Richard. So it's a lot of different things going on. Uh, there for kind of the fan, for, for those who like kind of um, uh, more action, more violence. That's kind of that's what Richard Green is. Okay, for for the more mature crowd. Uh, I would say I would say light PG thirteen. This one, okay. if I had to rate them, yeah, this is more light PG thirteen. This is it's kind of like for the kids. Um, Becky's more for the adults. This is more for like teens, teens right. and up. So the Indigo goes for the first issue or for the, is this an arc story as well? This is a collective story as well. Well, ultimately it'll be an arc story, but this is for issue number one. And that is so, um, I'm chopping this. What I do is normally um, I'll do what I did with Becky, which was release small issues at first, just to give people things, give people, um, keep the momentum going. And then we'll release a full omnibus. And okay. um, so this one is going to be for, uh, issue number one. This will be about 20 pages or so, and okay. we'll release that here at the beginning of the summer. And you're writing and drawing that as well? Yes, sir. So I'm writing that, and I am um, I have an artist with that as well. You have an artist that's doing the art. Okay. Cool. Yes, cool. So that's two books. You have uh, aspirations to expand either the Richard Green universe or the Becky universe into other books, or you're going to stick with just those two for now? Oh, there's so much, there's so much more to tell well, well, with both of them. You know, Becky, I have, I'm already working on the next concept called Becky's Fun House. Um, <laughs> it, it just, it just kind of takes, takes what we did in the first one. It just kind of explodes it into this much larger world where we dive even deeper into who and what created Becky and things like that. And Richard Green, you know, he's, he's fighting the mayor in our first arc. And at the end of that, we find out that he needs to fight the governor, you know, oh, so okay. there, there's in the second one. So there's a whole, whole, nother, whole different um, level that he that he reaches as well. Um, so that's on the horizon and just just more titles. Also, you know, there was a time when I was in Atlanta uh, when I first moved there, when I moved from uh, when I left North Carolina and, you know, I was working. Uh, in news that I left, I just, I just felt like I couldn't be there. So I was down there in Atlanta and I had a lot of time. It was hard to find a job. Had a lot of time to write and just come up with concepts. Um, shout out to our guy, uh, Manuel Godoy, who uh, got yes. that deal on Shark Tank. There was, and the reason I love him is because there was a free YouTube. I, I didn't have any money to even, you know, do it. All I had to, to really do was sit there and watch YouTube. He mm -hmm. had a free 
like this class or series, whatever you want to call it, about how to get your concepts from that's in your head onto into your computer on a story. Okay. And it was like 10, it had to have been like eight videos. I mean, I digested and watched it. This is like 2016, 17. And uh-huh. I just loved it. And it allowed me that combined with all the time I had, I wrote so many different titles. So right. there's so much that I have written, you know. So now I'm really at the point I'm reaching out to other to other black creatives and artists. I um if they want to work with me, if you know, other people that want to see these different works and things, if they're curious to know about that, they can follow me, they can find me there, just DM me. Um, and you know, ultimately for me too, it's about growing our space at fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and I'll add history as well, because okay. you know, our, our history is much more than slavery and civil rights you know they right. they keep talking about well as every black what if there's too much black on tv like that we've got so many stories that people don't know that they don't know about that's okay. the thing so we've got plenty to tell we've got plenty so and and you know just my space in this is just trying to create you know how can we get more of it how can right. we you know create a full ecosystem so um, and places like here where we're talking about it and you're allowing us, allowing a platform to discuss that, that goes a long way. And I thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Speaking of the business of telling the Black story or a Black story, um, or whether it's based on history or personal experience, I know Manuel talked a little bit about that over, well, I met him in 2019 in Philly. It's the first time I got experience, you know, got exposed to Black Sands. He talked about not, like you said, telling the slave story of Egypt. There was a lot more going on at the time than Hollywood or the mainstream storytellers would have you believe. What do you think is the process? Because there's there, you have different levels of creators in the comic world. I'm just talking about comics right now. Um, you have people like Rodney Barnes, you know, he's got his feet, foot in the door, let's say. You have David Walker, uh, whose Naomi is coming out this week, I guess. I think it is. Yeah, week. it came out, it premiered yesterday, I believe. Premiered yesterday, right? You have that level. And then you have Manuel, who's just really getting started, um, even though he's got, he had a lot of success selling his books. Um, but that deal he made on Shark Tank is going to take him to the next level as far as animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you have people starting out like yourself, who's self-publishing, really not getting uh, the word out as much as you would like. What do you think is going to take to get those three groups together to make the general populace realize that these stories are being told? Well, I get. I think that's just going to be. Maybe we may not even need the general populace. You know, you know the the dominant society knows that we exist. Mm-hmm. They know that these things exist. You know, you know here here in Houston. You know, I remember when Beto O'Rourke was running for Democratic uh, governor here. He was right over here. I live in Fifth Ward here in the hood. What's considered the hood, you know. And he was right up the street from here. So it's like, you know, these guys like to pretend, oh, I don't know what's going on down there. You know, they like to act lost, but when they need something, they know right where we are, you know. So mm-hmm. they know where we are. Okay. I think it just comes down to just embracing us. And each of those parties has to 
collectively agree and move in a way that says we're trying to enhance all voices in fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and history. You know, we're okay. not when you know we can't do like the dominant society does and decide and you know do a gatekeeping and who gets in and this is person and who gets out. You know, we we can't do that. You know, the okay. way the way that they operate and the way that we do it it has to be different because okay. you know that that's just the way that it is. I think that's what it takes, you know, just as far and as far as just, you know, getting the word out, you know, studies show that, you know, if you want to go from that one to a million moment, you'll need the quote bullhorn or, you know, whatever of like a Warner Brothers or Disney or something. But Manuel Godoy has shown that you don't need that. You know, right. if you watch that Shark Tank video with him, he says, well, hey, I, I did a million dollars in in funding. And right. it, it was kind of interesting how Mark Cuban kind of blew that off. I'm like, that's nothing to sneeze at. Right. You know, now I granted these guys move millions a day, you know, but yeah. that's nothing Man. to sneeze at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's nothing to sneeze at. That right. means that you can kind of get by on yourself when you consider the fact that, you know, you can do an animated movie for a few million dollars. Yeah. You know, he, he spends a year trying to raise that or two while he's writing and developing. Boom, you know, you put that out. So I, maybe it's a thing where we don't even need them. You know, okay. people like Black Sands has shown us that. People like um, uh, Sean James with SJS Direct. There's um, Chris Crazy House that does coloring books that does well for himself. You know, maybe maybe it won't get to the level of Marvel or things like that. But, you know, w when you look at Marvel on Disney+, Plus, a lot of those ratings have slipped. You know, <laughs> a lot of people are choosing independent stuff. They're deciding that, now. I'd rather give you know, I'd rather give $15 for Becky instead of, you know, whatever's on Disney Plus, okay. you know, so I, I think that the answer to that is there's enough people to where independence to where that's okay. Now, now, does that mean I'm crapping on people that are, you know, if you get on with Disney, if you're making Black Panther, if you're making them, no, no, that's fine. We need all of it, all of it. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, there's only a few spots there's only a few spots at that table. There's only right. a few. Shout out to the ones who get it. So the, in, the, the, the route that we go is looking to ourselves, looking to other blurs, looking to other people like anime, manga, and all this stuff and saying, hey, I got something. What you got? Okay, hey, I got this. Hey, yeah, I'm doing this. Telling as many people as we can. And, and it takes footwork. It's going to take going oh, to yes, it does. conventions. <laughs> and that, That's where the rubber meets the road. You know, right. you have to love it. You're going to have to love going to conventions. You're going to have to love managing what little money you have to go to the next one, all that stuff. But that's right. what it takes, though. It, it takes a special person to be a creative. But again, that's why I also said that, you know, whether you like it or not, what you're doing has an impact. This is part of it. You know, that's what separates. I want to sound like, oh, ho, oh, but that's what separates us from, you know, non-creatives, I guess, you know. Right. <laughs> Well, I started this in 2019 uh, with David Walker, actually. He has a mm -hmm. self-publishing uh, venture, Solid yeah. Comics, with yeah. an X. And I said, well, he just finished his Kickstarter in June of that year, I guess it was. And I said, well, who's distributing now? It wasn't in previews. Um, he said he's doing it himself. You know, and I think the first Naomi had already come out. So you heard, and I think Bitterroot had just started around that time. I said, well, I'm starting a distribution company and trying to get independent artists who either can't get into previews or got into previews and, and really didn't see the return they wanted to see 
He said, sure. So I bought some copies. And it's funny because around that time, I was also running for local office back where I used to live in Pennsylvania. So it was a really busy time. But I got the books out to like a dozen stores, you know. And then his other book came out, the one that just got optioned, uh, The Hated, The Western. This got optioned from uh, Netflix. So I got that and got that into a couple of stores. So there, there's a process that exists. You know, Diamond's been around for 25 years or whatever it's been, and they've had their ups and downs. There's a handful of Black-owned stores or independent stores that would support uh, people of color. That that connection, I don't think, has been made yet. You know, I've been at the, I mean, I'm setting aside COVID and all that's happened in the last two years, but still, I, I'm reaching out to people on Instagram, on Twitter, through email, and I'm not getting, you know, these are Black-owned stores. I said, look, this is David Walker's book. You need to be carrying this. You know, I got an order when it got optioned, you know, from a store, but a lot of people weren't picking it up like, oh, I haven't seen this. This is because Hayda came out before, uh, what's your name? The King's movie came out, right? So nobody really seen a black woman in a Western like that. And this story that David Walker told was comparable to that. And that's maybe that's why Netflix picked it up just to have it you know, as a backup for something, but you're not seeing, I'm not seeing, maybe some other people are having better because I know there's other black distributors who are trying to get the word out about these independent artists. I wonder if the black stores, comic stores specifically, are one, supportive of comics in general that are not Marvel and DC, and two, supportive of someone like me or someone like you that will give someone a chance, you know? Because you talk about a network, you talk about uh, not needing the mass, the masses in, in that sense. But without the support of the people who are already there, it's kind of hard to say, well, I'm going to start doing this book and, you know, the 20 or 25 black owned comic stores should pick it up, you would think, you know, but that's not happening. Um, do you think that that is something that's prevalent only in comics or is it happening in other places like art, fashion, architecture, Hollywood, you know, in motion pictures? Well, you know, and I, I think it is, you know, first, you know, for me, we, we're in a, uh, about several black owned locations these are all places that i've just done the footwork you know um mm -hmm. i flew out to seattle last year and physically talked to the owner you know who's a tokyo wrestling guy you know i flew out and saw um terry third coast comics in um out in chicago you know here in houston we have gold coast comics who are um they've really supported us and they they really are an example to how the other stores should uh let people know about us as well they the way they sell me is and, and we're we're a top selling book they released their top sales at the end of the year, we were like number three in, oh, in, in okay. the five. You know, this is DC, Marvel, everything that they sell there. Wow. And the way that they do it is, you know, there's people in Houston that want to see a local artist, a local black writer from Houston who has put this together and that's what sells them on it. And, and just, you know, the cover as well. So they, they put a lot of energy to, into it even when I'm not there, you know, mm -hmm. in a way that I know the other stores are not. 
you okay. know, so there, there, there needs to be, there does need to be that type of energy to get people, you know, to highlight independent artists. You know, the thing about it is people want Batman, people want, you know, um, you know, Mr. Fox and things like that. But there, there does, you know, there's, there's no, there's no harm. And it's not, and I don't think it takes away from a store when you highlight in, you know, your independent black artists, there could be a right. section of them right there, like in your rack, you know, when you, as people leave, you know, like, Hey, check out these artists, like till every sale, you know, cause when you go, when you used to go to, I remember I used to work at Sears, we had to try and sell that damn Sears card to everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the point was, Hey, we got the Sears card. Hey, here it is. Hey, check out that Sears card. You know, right. that needs to be the same energy that we're giving to black artists. And no, we don't, we don't see that a lot in our, in, see the, the, the stores and things, you know, a lot of it is just riding waves, you know, that that's mm-hmm. human nature, you know, right. you know, that's why a lot of people say that humans are sheep and things like that. I, you know, that that's, it hurts more because we're the black community, but it, it is prevalent in, in society. But again, oh. like I said, we're only going to survive. We can't survive doing things the way they do. You, this whole, oh, a white person does it. So we know that's not, that's not how we're going to get this done, you know? So that there's there's not as much support there there could be more and and i don't i don't think it's intentional i don't think a lot of some of it might be some of it some of it is intentional but but I, a lot of it i don't think is because you know these these are comic book owners they're 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 worried about just keeping keeping the thing open sure. you know what i'm saying sure. it's hard enough for comic book stores and you're a black comic book store you know i've talked with a lot of them you know just like the day-to-day things that they got to worry about but um I do think that it is worth it for them to have a rack of just black independent comics and say, Hey, check these out. Look at these right. on every sale. I think there will be something for that. And if, and if that happens, then that would help it continue. That would help it grow because, right. you know, you talk about these other comics who have been able to go big. That, that's what's happened. You know, enough people just read them and told other people about them, you know? Yeah. Now, do you have any artists or writers that you aspire to be like, or you you like their work, or you collect their work? It it for me, it's more, and for me, like the so the writers I like are more animation. It's more like the producers and things. I actually got to go to uh, Comic Con in twenty nineteen and interview mm-hmm. uh, some of the guys that worked on Batman Beyond. Okay. So um, uh, there's a brother that works on it. See, I'm not good with names, but I know faces. That's my thing. I'm, I'm very visual, which is why I'm in comics, right? But he was one of the, I believe, one of the directors on the on the the um on Batman Beyond. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I got to talk to um, I believe Bruce, Tim, some of these guys who were there. I and and what I like about about any a lot of DC stuff is is really true to their characters, like the who those characters are. You know, that those '90s and early 2000s, but it really added a fresh flavor to it. You okay. know, that's really what I liked about it. Because in a strange way, that's how Becky is. That's how some a, a lot of my my stories are. You know, they're they're based on, you know, just these rudimentary things that people like. So character development, you know, you know, there's a a black woman in there. So she's doing things that black women identify with. There's all these familiar notes, but I am adding something different. There's this crazy white woman trying to trying to kill her. She's got to stop that, you know. Okay. So, I think I think those would be my favorites. Um, also, another another writing team. There was the guys behind, and and it's so out of left field. I know. Um, 
there's a Scooby-Doo series called Mysteries Incorporated from like 2011. Okay. And those are my favorite. I really like those writers too, because again, it's just the same thing. They, and when you interview, and I interviewed those guys and they'll tell you that, Hey, we understood there's certain things that Scooby-Doo needs to have. If we don't have this, people will be pissed at us. Right. But outside of that, because we're so true, it, it really squeezes out the juice of something new that we can add to it. And it made it really effective. Oh, okay. So those are my favorite people. Good. Writers of animated shows. Yes. Nice. Um, you have any advice for a young up and coming artist who want to get their books published uh, or, or maybe they're having trouble just getting it down on paper, like you said. <laughs> so if you're, if you're somebody that has your ideas and everything that's in there, I would start with Save the Cat. I know, and that's what Manuel Godoy had us start with. He, said, he even said on that first video, no, read this and then get back to me. It, that's what it was. So <laughs> I would start with that. And you don't have to read the whole book. It's really he wants you to read the story cycle of right. Save the Cat. I would read that. The Dan Harmon story circle and the hero's journey, because that some variation of all of those is what's going to help you do your story. They, they're not really hard and fast rules, but I would start with those because that's what's going to help your ideas start to morph. You'll start to form a hero and then you'll start to form a journey for that hero to go on. Right. Now your idea is starting to make sense, you know? So that, that's what I would, that's what I would do. And then um, always understand that there is a way to get it done. There's, there's a way to get it done. You know, maybe you don't have the hundreds of dollars to get it started. Do you have enough for one page? All right. right. Can you show that page to somebody? Can they give you another page? You know, don't be afraid to start small. Don't be afraid. You know, I know, you know, the, the internet tells us, you know, 12 year old millionaires and why we're <laughs> failures and stuff. Don't, don't, don't let that stuff get to you. Run your own race. And it took me, a, I'm telling you, it's somebody that took them a while to learn that. Run your own race. Right. Do that. And then just be just, um, like, you know, just just be true to yourself. Be true to what you want to write, you know, and, and it has value. I mean, I remember on Adult Swim when they had 12 ounce mouse. It was this poorly <laughs> scribbled out rat just saying <laughs> random things. OK, yeah. <laughs> somebody liked it. Sure. Somebody likes your stuff. If it is if you would put the time into it and fleshed it out and tried it your best. There's somebody that likes it. Just be willing to hustle and get it out there and do it when it when it's hard and when it's tough. Do it and have it in your mind that my ideas are valid and people need them at this time. That'll keep sure. you going also. Where do people find your work, Fobs? So if you go on Instagram at Fobs the Chairman, F-O-B-B-S the Chairman, Fobs the Chairman. Um, that's where you can find my work. The link tree is there. I've got, um, I'm doing a black facts about the United States book. You can click oh. on that and get some. What's, what, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that about? Oh man. So black, black facts, facts about the United States. Is that what you said? Black. It's called black facts about each United State. Somebody each even United said State. you left okay. off. The, yeah. Somebody said you left off state. Like, no, no, no. Read it. Black facts about each United State. Because um, I was just talking with a friend. He wanted to do a documentary or something about Black people that lived in, like, Idaho and Wyoming, these places that you don't think we are. And <clears throat> I was saying that'd be a good idea because our history is everywhere, all over the country. 
And it just led me to just kind of flesh out, you know, an idea. I just kind of started finding a fact about every state. Obviously, you know, I'm here in Texas. We That's easy. Alabama, Florida, where, where you are, Georgia. Sure. What about Wyoming? What about Idaho? Mm-hmm. You know, and what I found was a black fact and impacting each state. And oh. um, I made sure that there was no slavery, no civil rights. That was my rule. Okay. That's what kind of made it tough. None of that as much as we can because we've done so much more in this country. There's right. nothing wrong with the civil rights movement. I'm not saying, I'm not one of those people, you know. Um, we came up from slavery. I'm not saying that. But yeah, yeah you know what I mean? But what right. I'm saying is let's explore other stuff. Let's explore other things we've done. You know, you're from Pennsylvania. There was a guy, I think the one I did for Pennsylvania was uh, uh, James Fortune. I, can't, I know I said that um, it was the Atlanta of its day in the 1800s. Oh, okay. That's where a lot of black people were. You know, that was, it was, I think in the free states, that was like the largest black population. They were gathering there in Philadelphia because they had the abolitionist movement. Okay. Um, 1700s, I think, uh, James Fortune. Yeah, one of the yeah. one of the first mega money people in the country, black guy, James Fortune. So we explore those type of things. Now you're doing that on Instagram, or is that another book? That's another book. That that's oh, it. that's okay. another book. We can talk about that one. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I guess there's, that there's, there's so much that is coming out. I don't have a release date, but it's coming out. I want to have it out at the end of the year, or just in time for back to school. Um, okay. We got four pages done right now. So right. Um, if you click on that, it'll take you to a Kickstarter. We'll just pass the hat around for that. Let's have like a few hundred dollars and we'll just keep rotating and doing that. You know, either way, I'm going to get that one done. So awesome. Um, yeah, and you can see that on the LinkedIn. Um, the link to get Becky is on there. Uh, Richard Green information is on there. So there's a lot of ways to play. Okay. So they can buy the link you can find where to buy Becky. You can buy Becky now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. At Bob's the Chairman on Instagram. On where? At Bob's the Chairman. Click on my link tree in the bio, and they're all right there. They're all right there. And then Richard Green will be available when? In June. So that's coming out in June. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's good talking to you, Bob's. I wish you luck with your current and future ventures. Uh, thank you for talking with us here at Uncanny Creatives Podcast, which you can find on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Do a search, Uncanny Creatives. Make sure you put it in quotes, and it'll take you to the link. This podcast will be up in a couple of weeks. I'll let you know when that's done. Uh, Any last words for inspiring, aspiring artists? Hey, continue to create. You've got ideas. We need more of you guys in fantasy, sci-fi, horror history. Let's get it done. Let's make it happen, guys. Awesome. You have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Peace.